So Shelly, this episode is pretty cool because the apostate coffee ladies are here. They're so fun. They are so fun. We've met them a couple of times or maybe just once. Let's pretend they have nothing to do with coffee. They're They're still so fun. Yeah, they're amazing and super (laughs) funny. But on top of that, coffee. Yeah, maybe it's because we've had a couple of Zoom calls with them. I felt like we met them more than once. But we actually met them at that Thrive event in Utah. Yes. They have amazing coffee. They have amazing stories. They're so great. Can't wait to get into this conversation. Oh, I love that we get to share them with the LDL world. Yeah, and their coffee. Well, shit and coffee. (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's hit the commercial and then come back to that interview. What do you say? I say yes. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. And I am, of course, Shelly. Well, process of elimination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Shelly, not only do we have very, very, very special guests today, they got three varies. Also, we can knock out our apostate coffee commercial, like, right off the bat. Oh, shit. I'm excited. It's a twofer. It is a twofer. We have... Melissa and Tanya from Apostate Coffee, the owners of Apostate Coffee, uh, the ones that make all the cool merch and the t-shirts and the different coffee blends and name the things, and they're so cool, and ship them to you, I'm assuming that's part of it. Oh, their mugs kick ass, by the way. Oh, the mugs are awesome. And the t-shirt with Joseph Smith on it. Oh, shit, that's right. Love it. All right. Well, Melissa and Tanya, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today on Latter-day Lesbian. We're so happy to have you. Yay, we're so happy to be here. You know, you could be happier, Melissa. <laughs> that was like a, well, To be I'm honest, so I was happy. waiting for Tanya to jump in first because she's usually <laughs> the one that does the yelling, so. <laughs> then when she didn't, I was like, well, wait a second. I'm the loud and chatty one, but I, I am wary of overlapping and making everyone's life harder. So I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm holding back. Well, Which is we appreciate the restraint. Not a great idea for me. <laughs> I, I don't do very well with that. That's partly why we love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, um, we should talk about how this whole apostate coffee thing came to be. Because, you know, apostate coffee, as possibly the listeners remember, was with us for like a, a couple of years. Like a, a while ago, we partnered with apostate coffee. And then they went away, sadly. The owners of Apostate Coffee, I think due to COVID, just couldn't keep the doors open. And then you all bought the place. Like, tell us about the whole acquisition of Apostate Coffee. It's like Coffee. bought the farm. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not yet. But not. It is an LDL love story is what it is. It is. It started oh. with LDL. So I, during COVID, went down the ex-Mormon rabbit hole, had you know, I've been out of the church 18 years. We can get to that story later. But during COVID, Tanya and I started watching, like, cult documentaries. All, All the cult, the cult documentaries. documentaries. All and- of them. Going clear. <laughs> Nexium. Like, you're a high-demand religion. We're watching your TV show. Everything. So Everything. fascinating. <laughs> so fascinating. And so we watched all of these things, and Tanya would ask me questions because she's so curious about just all religions and backgrounds and everything. So she'd be like, was this like this? And I was like, pieces started clicking together, and I was like, I think I was raised in a cult. So like, it like clicked <laughs> for me. I had never really mm-hmm. like come to that conclusion. Um, and then at the same time, I was also doing like um, a women's book club group 
of the artist's way. I don't know if you know of it. It's from like the 90s. Julia Cameron, yeah. it's a book and it's a workbook. You have weekly assignments and most of the assignments are somewhere around childhood. You know, like think of your childhood bedroom. What did it look like? Write it down in your journal, you know, miscellaneous assignments to get your creative child's mind back. I realized in doing that with this group of friends that I really didn't have any childhood memories. And I had, oh, a, shit. Oh, wow. I had a really great childhood, you know, in terms of like my family unit and structure, very loving and kind. But I think I hadn't realized how much they I had, were nice, how much I had shut very out nice. because of the religion and it just not being for me and all the indoctrination and everything. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, maybe I need to dig deeper into this in therapy and stuff that, you know, just started talking about all of the Mormonism because I've been ex-Mormon so long that it's just like something I just like walked away from and it's not in my daily life. I live in New York City. Like nobody's bringing it up until mm-hmm. I met Tanya who brought it up a lot <laughs> and we started talking about it and it became really therapeutic to start talking about it. So cut to the summer of COVID. I started listening to all the podcasts you know, TikTok and Reddit and all these things that had not existed 10 years ago when I sort of dabbled in like trying to find a therapy group or something. I was so excited about all these podcasts and stuff. And I came across your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like everything. You guys at the time, you know, it was newer, but I was like, I started from episode one, as you guys always Damn right. say you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, because Damn right. Good girl. Yeah, because you, your story is <laughs> the same as Tanya and I, as exmo nevermo lesbians. Mm-hmm. And both you guys married to guys, mm-hmm. had kids. Yeah. Not thing. me. No guy here. Me neither. But I still <laughs> oh. had four children. <laughs> God damn How it. How can you even do that without a man uh, or a woman? Uh, I'm scratching my head right now. <laughs> I have two things to interject and interpose, what have you. And then we. I want to cut back to Melissa. But uh, one, Melissa... You said about the arts way, like back in the '90s, like it was like, like I had a baby in the '90s. I was a baby in the '90s, so we could have birthed you. (laughs) (laughs) So leave that in, Dan. (laughs) I was a child. I wasn't a baby, but. We do have a slight age gap. <laughs> that was upsetting. I don't even remember the second thing I was going to say because I'm so upset. <laughs> She's flummoxed. She's I'm like, flummoxed. I'm like, what the heck? All right. We'll go back to the more important and meaningful story rather than the shtick. I'm responsible largely for the shtick. So, right. you know. So I started listening to all the podcasts and everything, and I just binged your podcast, like, straight through. I mean, we were out on vacation for a week, and I, like, at every moment, I was just, like, listening and loving all of it. Like, listening to you explain the religion to Mary and just be like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, it was so good. And then part of it was the apostate coffee. When the ads started coming in, I heard that. I was like, oh, my God, that's genius. I love it so much. And then... On one of the episodes, one of you read a listener letter that was like something about her getting, I don't remember the exact details, but she wrote the letter about how she ordered the coffee and it like came to her like local post office or something and they were (laughs) all LDS. I can't remember the exact details. And I was dying. I was like crying. (laughs) I was like, Mm -hmm. I almost wished at that time I lived somewhere where there were LDS. 
but mm-hmm. I don't really want that. I don't really mean that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she sent this care package to her sister-in-law, her sister who's also ex-Mormon, and it went to the local post office and it had to sit there for like— Because they had a blizzard. They had a blizzard. She had couldn't to sit there get for like to the week. post office, yeah. yeah. Super Mormon small town. When she finally went to go pick it up, she got like dirty looks mm-hmm. from the postal workers because the entire thing was packaged in like apostate coffee— uh, <laughs> wrapping and tape and that's some good shit right there. Some good shit. Well, we I don't. If for anyone listening, we don't currently do that. It's very discreet. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in a black box. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> like going to the liquor store and you get your booze in a black Brown bag. Yep. <laughs> We're total coffee porn. <laughs> I love coffee. So fucking good. How much do you love it, Melissa? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> oh, it's the first thing that wakes her up in the morning. Uh-huh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it huh. should be if because uh, you went into business over coffee, so you must really love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, keep telling Right, us. so I listened to it. I loved it. That was hilarious. Kind of put it in the back of my mind. I am a coffee drinker. Like, I drink my morning cup. I go to Starbucks and get a cup. I drink an afternoon cup. Like, I drink a ton of coffee. I love it. You are not a coffee drinker, honey. Addict, addict, I'm an addict. <laughs> well, you know what? You're making up for lost time, yeah. though. Think about all those years you couldn't drink Totally. It, right? Totally. You should be drinking more if we do the math correctly. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't even say I'm a coffee like connoisseur or a snob. I'm an addict. I'll drink mm. the low, the high, everything in between, whatever it is to get my coffee. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. I'd prefer the high. But if there was... No other option. I don't care. Well, thank God you started a coffee company where the coffee's really good. So you don't yeah. have to drink shit coffee anymore. Totally. No more shit coffee. <laughs> That's right. Nope. So I heard the ads. That was hilarious. Kind of tucked it in the back of my mind. Came around to Christmas and I was like, oh, I'm going to order some of these for like friends. It'll be funny. And I went to go order it and the website was down. And I was like, hmm, what's going on? I went into the Facebook group, which I'm not active in, but I'm in. So I was like, maybe Mm -hmm. there's information there. And there was. And somebody was like, hey, I heard she's not doing it anymore. And so I stalked the previous owner. (laughs) I found her information. I found her personal page. In a kind, Mm -hmm. gentle, and totally legal way. Oh, totally. Sure, sure. Totally. Sure. It was all With consent. With (laughs) stalking, with consent. Consensual stalking. I like that. She responded. So Mm -hmm. um, wrote her a message and just was like, hey, I don't know why at this point I wasn't even really interested in buying the coffee. I wasn't, I was thinking about, should I do this for myself? Like, should I run Mm -hmm. this? I have kind of an entrepreneurial mind and love to fill my plate with too many things. So I'm like, of course, I'll just buy a company and run it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I was curious why she had um, closed up because part, you know, immediately I'm like, well, why wouldn't she be there anymore? Because it's a great idea and probably a huge untapped market. I I was like, the church went after her. Maybe the church came after her. That's exactly, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if they can. And that made me want to do it more, like if they had come after her. So I messaged her and said, why did you stop doing it? You know, she had her reasons and it wasn't anything that I had, my mind had gone to great lengths. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, it was a personal decision. She has a lot, she had a lot going on in her life and, you know, needed to maintain her sanity. So. Sure. We don't need to do that. No. No. I don't even know what that is. Overrated. Are we allowed to drop F-bombs and stuff? Oh, hell fucking yes. (laughs) Fuck that shit. So I can say. Motherfucker. Fuck sanity. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank have you, you have you listened to the show? Yes, Tanya? I know, but I so <laughs> fuck it up all the time in other interview contexts that now I just ask as a matter of course. Yeah, 
You know what? Every time I publish a, an episode, I hit the explicit button. So we are safe. We know. We We're good to yeah. go. Yep. So fuck all of it. All right. Let's, mm-hmm. But not your coffee. We love that. We Keep do. Talking. We love to fucking drink your fucking coffee. There we go. Yeah. So she was like, I told her I'd be interested in buying it from her and taking over, you know, the business. And she was like, absolutely. I'd love it to be done by another, you know, fellow ex-Mormon and she was really great, and I officially bought it and rebranded and um, took, you know, my time to reopen, but wanted to do it right in the way that we wanted to do it. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome so far. Melissa had played the podcast for me, and so then I, be- like, kind of became an additional, like, and I was, like, the Batman to her, or the, no, I guess I was the Robin to her Exmo Batman, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, we were listening, and it was funny because, like, I had heard the thing. I was like, ah, oh, we should have done that. And Melissa's like, I have <laughs> made contact. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so down. I'm happy to support like a partner in business and life, whatever. But let's be honest, I mostly am in it for the jokes. So like, <laughs> I would like to be the like comedy and copy department of a <laughs> tiny online coffee company. <laughs> and, and that's mostly where I stand is kind of, you know, in support of this journey. And I think it was it's interesting to ask Melissa, like, what got her so excited? Because she really loves coffee. She really loves being ex-Mormon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ex-Mos are the best Mos. Oh, my yeah. God. For sure. It is, a, it is an identity. It really is, especially when you meet other Exmos. It's like this instant connection of, yeah, we're both pretty fucked up, aren't we? And we're fucked up in the same mm-hmm. ways. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's great. It's a club. So I, Yes. And I, I'm happy to be the, like, women's women's auxiliary. I don't know how that works when you're lesbians. But um, <laughs> I like it. It was interesting because I think for you, Melissa, you always talked about it was about coffee, but it was for you about community and connection to that larger ex-Mormon community and like going through all those realizations of like, you know, you use that coffee, like the complete nonsensical prohibition. Yeah. Almost as an entryway to really examine all the contradictions and, you know, kind of crazy logic. And it most always talked about it being community. And I was like, yeah, sure. Coffee, community. Right. That sounds cute. And it's really (laughs) been that, like even just the Instagram and the TikTok and all of that, it has been as much about engendering connection through like humor and comedy and good feeling and much less about like tearing down the church and much more about mm-hmm. like figuring out how crazy your own experience was. I don't know. Would yep. you say that's like, am I getting your vibe on it right, Melissa? Well, it's definitely number one about the quality of the coffee. I care about that. Like it, all of our beans are fair trade organic. We tasted a million <laughs> different suppliers of coffee to figure out the right blends and what we want to do. So we were very careful in that process. And like, I'm proud of the coffee. But for me, truly, it's about the community. And when I was like looking into, I was like, is this a good idea? Like, I'm going to sink a lot of time and money into this. And, you know, it could go belly up. And so I did a lot of reading about people starting coffee companies, like specifically coffee companies. And most of them said, it's an oversaturated market unless you have a niche market. And I was like, oh, Mm. I've got a really niche market. (laughs) And you have to care about that niche. And that's what I care about. And so it was super important to me in finding this community that I have not had in so long. Like, how can I stay connected to it? Again, I don't live in an LDS area, so there's not really 
ex-Mormons don't make themselves known as ex-Mormons. You find out like a year later, wait, you grew up more, like, it's just nobody really talks about it if they are in the, and the quantity is much smaller than, you know, if I were in Utah or something, or Salt Lake or something, but. But the proportion of who's gay is much higher. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? Like in New York, yes. it's like the like gay ex-Mormon Venn diagram has a very large overlap. For sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or at least the ones willing to be out. Yeah, exactly. That's funny because this is a twofer. Just today, I had a conversation at work. I don't know who brought it up. We're just all sitting there, and they were asking, like, what's the deal with Mormons and no coffee? And so I gave them the quick rundown about, well, it's a hot drink, but you're going to have hot chocolate. <laughs> the, I mean, we know the whole thing at this point. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. make any damn sense. You know, oh, it's the caffeine. We can't drink that, but we can have but a Red a Bull every Dew. hour on Knock the hour. Out. Iced coffee, also bad, even though it's not hot. I mean, the whole thing. And they were just like Jaws on the ground. Well, you can't explain it you, in a way that makes sense. They kept asking, I'm like, shut up, <laughs> let me explain it. It's going to make sense by the end. And of course, they're like, it never made sense. I'm like, I know. You know better. Yeah. It uh, doesn't make sense. Also, we have a new employee who has lived in New York. He's an actor. He does plays and everything. He said, you have no idea how many ex-Mormon gay friends I have. <laughs> really? There you go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Introduce them to the podcast and apostate coffee. <laughs> Speaking Shit. of twofers. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to what Shelly was talking about. Our biggest video on TikTok is a conversation between two people saying, well, why don't Mormons drink coffee? And then asking follow-up questions. And the person is just like, wait, what? Like, they cannot mm-hmm. make it make sense. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's really difficult when people ask. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's a good one. Truly, it's about the community. It was important to me to stay connected. And I felt like this would be a good way get my coffee, but also stay connected to the community. And when we were thinking about what we're going to do, because, you know, I, I kind of could see it differently. Like, I loved the previous owner, her, obviously her brand and everything, but I could see it a little bit differently. And I was like, I really want this to be a reframe. I want it to be comedic. I want it to be, you know, positive, because, like, that's a Mormon thing, like, that false positivity. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted it to be funny um, and less perpetuating the idea that we're sinners by drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to be able as much as I want to. I'm not a graphic designer. I need to, like, you know, hire people to do things. I can't try to take it on myself. And so I started asking around, and I found this really awesome team, a brother-sister duo who live in Salt Lake. Yeah, one is more of a type that does like typeset and layout, and one does the illustrating, illustration and stuff. Gotcha. And so we met with them, and they were, it's that thing that you were just saying, like you meet an Exmo, there's like a relationship yep. already, mm-hmm. and like sense of humor, and like mm-hmm. they, yeah, they got it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. got it, and they were like, love, they were like, this is hilarious, you know, and they, yes. um, tr- you know, they did our, logo and gave us like three options and they were like all on the money totally different concepts but like all on the money um one of them looked like very like book of mormon like almost something that you would get from the church like in their typeset (laughs) and like the way it was formatted it was genius but i looked at and i was like this is too triggering i can't this this is too (laughs) close you know (laughs) it was great um and they've been really awesome and then same with the social media person that i have she's an ex-mormon in new york city web designer, ex-Mormon in New York City. It's just been awesome to, like, have this community. You have just my own internal team with the company being ex-Mormons, let alone, you know, going out to customers and everyone else. But, like, the feedback that we've gotten, the messages we receive, 
I hope it's helpful to people who feel, you know, coffee is a struggle or Mm -hmm. not coffee itself, but like trying something that Mm -hmm. they feel guilty or shameful about. Right. And, you know, removing the stigma. Thank God you are all so nice because like (laughs) I'll sit at the like, you know, the lunch or the thing. And even though you guys all have like the inside, not joke, but right, this common reference and common experience. And one of you makes a reference, you know, we our dark roast is called Outer Dark Roast, you know, mm-hmm. which is a reference to kind of, I was going, I'm trying to write. She was she was immediately on the joke. I'm going like, what's hell? <laughs> something about hell. Something about, I was like, well, we don't call it hell. We call it Outer Darkness. And she was like, oh. done. Outer Dark Roast. <laughs> done. It's like being coming to like a Jewish deli in New York and you're hearing all like, you know, like all of us like throwing around the Yiddish and people like, I don't know what the hell is. Like, I feel like that's me going to Utah. Right. Yes. I'm going, what? What are funeral potatoes? What's happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're only the best thing in the world. Oh, my God. Watching MasterChef from the beginning because I never watched it. One of the people in the first round made funeral potatoes and God. everyone was like and he was wearing overalls and everything. And he's like, I made <laughs> funeral potatoes. And I was like and he got kicked out for being like too heart unhealthy. <laughs> oh, that stuff will clog your arteries in, in one so death delicious, will clog though. your arteries. Mm-hmm. One funeral, yeah. Yeah. But I think outer darkness as a hell, when I really found out that it wasn't actually that hellish, I was a little disappointed. Like, it doesn't sound that bad. What, outer darkness? Yeah, it really doesn't sound no, that No, you're bad. like upset and crying all the time because you weren't good and it's like... I don't have a guilt problem in this life, so I'm not no, no. going <laughs> to take that with me to my Outer darkness is not... It's not terrible. No. You're just separated from your family. No, I need to ex- I need to explain the nonsense again. <laughs> Celestial it living in New York while the rest of your family lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Outer dark, is there celestial kingdom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- ter- terrestrial, see, ter- terrestrial, terrestrial, and celestial, not right? Not in that order. And those maybe. are all the ones where you're separated from family and they can come visit you and blah, blah, and there's no but sex. I didn't think unless outer darkness was that bad. Is it like no. gnashing of teeth and fiery yeah. hell? And yes. Like, like it's, it's reserved. Lakes of fire and yeah. stuff. That's I mean, happening there? I always picture it as a big black hole. Maybe I just don't really know. <laughs> they don't, I don't explain think you it. No. They, they don't. They're just like, don't go like, there. Like, it's so yeah. bad. Yeah. Don't even don't even think about it because they don't want you to be like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, like I kind of like it. <laughs> but you know, it may be bad in Mormon dumb, but your outer dark roast blend is my personal favorite. Me too. I like dark roast. It's a French roast. It's so good. And aren't dark roasts in general a little bit less acidic because they're roasted longer? Correct. Is that is that true? Do I have that correct? That is true, and they are less caffeine. Well. You know what? My stomach appreciates the darker varieties. Mary has the wimpiest stomach, but thankfully, it's sensitive. It's sensitive. yeah, the dark outer dark roast um, does yeah. her just fine. So, Shelley, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. I'm going to backtrack just a second. Sorry, I have so many things to say. So. Anyone who's listening who hasn't listened through the whole podcast yet or is just— Start at the beginning. I'm Shelly. I'm going to forgive that some people (laughs) might just be jumping on to hear this interview. So coffee in the Mormon world, it's such a bizarre thing because it's deemed as being so bad and wicked. Like, I've known people who won't walk down the coffee aisle in the grocery (laughs) store because of the smell. Oh, my God. You're just— 
like, but that's also where the Ovaltine is. But you got to start at the other side and like slowly (laughs) come toward it. Uh, But it's just such an evil, wicked thing. You will judge the shit out of anyone who drinks coffee if you're Mormon. And I'm not saying if they if you catch a Mormon drinking coffee, I mean, we already know they're going to hell. But just to see a regular old person drink coffee is like, oh gosh, I sure wish they, oh, what a sin, so evil. And the fact that if you go to your worthiness interview that you have to have with, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. But if you drink coffee as a Mormon, you can not go to the temple, which means you yeah. cannot be can't together the, forever with yep. your family. You can't wear mm-hmm. the fancy underwear. Yeah, you can't wear the stupid-ass fancy underwear. You don't get to live with God after you die. Like, that's the severity. It's eternal consequence. Yep. I have a question. Shoot. The big sales pitch seems to be you get to be together forever with your family. I know. Ew. No. I like my family, but forever? (laughs) Right. Like, I was very happy to move into my own place. (laughs) I know. (laughs) After college. Like, I don't get that, like, that's the bit, like, especially if some of them can come visit every once in a while. If you invite them. This seems all right. When I actually started, like, thinking through the doctrines, I'm like, Wait, so do I live in the same house with Brent, my husband at the time, because we're sealed, disgusting, and all of our children? But wait, they'll have spouses, so do they live there too? And then if they're sealed to their kids, wait, and I'm sealed to my parents. It just became this giant, like, horrible thing, so I had to just stop. Yeah, we're not going to think about that. But for people who are like, oh my gosh— Maybe you're in the if, same cul-de-sac. I don't know. Maybe so. For people, I think they go after the whole you're going to lose your spouse or lose your kids if you drink coffee, which is such a fucked up thing. But I just wanted to say that's how serious the coffee drinking sin is in Mormondom, which is so wacky now that I'm out. But also, coffee drinking typically, aside from swearing, is the first kind of sin that a Mormon will go to when they start to step away from the church. It's kind of like testing the waters because it's not alcohol. Alcohol is scary as shit. It's not like heroin because, I mean, well, that that is bad, actually, for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Shelly's PSA. Yeah, yeah, don't do heroin, but drink the fuck out of some coffee. Actually, heroin's bad. (laughs) There it is. There it is. So, So when I had my first like cup of coffee. I know people probably know this. I was so afraid of getting caught. I actually had my Keurig coffee maker hidden in my bathroom just in case like the bishop were to come over for a surprise visit or something. You know how they do. They just drop by the Well, they do. Are your visiting teachers like bringing you bread, trying to reactivate you? I was so afraid to get caught drinking coffee. You know what goes great with homemade bread? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. (laughs) So my first like the first time I went out and had coffee with some of my new Nevermo friends, it was this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have missed this community of just going out with people and enjoying a cup of coffee and chatting about your day. I finally felt like I was, it sounds weird, but I was kind of one with humanity. Like this is what people fucking do. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's the importance of coffee. There. <laughs> According to Shelly. I totally get that. There's a couple of things here. First of all, the power of rationalization is overwhelming to me. And, you know, it's been pretty interesting because, right, Melissa was married to a guy and then we met, you know, and then all of a sudden she's with me. 
And then she's, even though she identified as bisexual, she didn't, she was never like out to her family. So all of a sudden she's like, come out with two, you know, kids. And like, then there's the pandemic. And then she's dragging me to uh, Salt Lake. And of course I <laughs> would make a fantastic fucking Mormon. That's the crazy Except thing. Except for the F word. Oh, right. <laughs> there's that. And the lesbianism. But oh, aside yeah, from that and being Jewish. But also, <laughs> but I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. Most is like, you're actually the worst. Like, I somehow found a non-Mormon who's the worst. But who's Mormon. Her, yeah. like, brothers, like, go to Maverick and yep. drink, like, a gas tank full of Diet Coke every yep. day. They drink more caffeine than I have ever had in my life on the weekly. Like, it's so crazy to me. I will say, like, the kindness, right, it gets you. You're like, they're just so damn nice. Um, <laughs> I don't trust it. I know, I for sure. Do. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. You're like, just <laughs> say shit to my face, right? Right, But right. I, I feel you. But, like, what I will say is, like, we, we launched, like, our first roast was Cup of Joe. And the logo for anyone who's, like, uh, checks it out is a little line art drawing of Little little Joe Smith, little Joe Smith, um, cute little Joey, <laughs> little Joey, Joey, with a little <laughs> cup of Joe. Mm. And what is so fascinating, you know, we had a booth at the um, uh, Thrive. I keep it as a crave, is like going through my head, which I guess is coffee. Um, we had a booth at Thrive, so we flew out there. We like saw Melissa's parents. We, they knew we were going to ex Mormon conference. Like I was like aren't you anxious? Like, I feel like I'm going to barf. Like, how is this going to work? And they were like, oh, you guys have fun now. I'm like, what the heck? So fucking nice. Melissa's mom, who is like pioneer. 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 pioneer stock. Yeah. I thought she was like, I just assumed because I'm anxious, not because she's like, she's lovely. I thought she was going to like be really offended that like we'd like <laughs> put this little Joe on the thing. And she's like, well, it makes sense. Joseph Smith did drink coffee. I was like, mm -hmm. what wow. the actual fuck? Like, True story. Are, are we talking pre or post polygamy Joseph Smith? Which uh, era? So the story goes that he actually did drink coffee and alcohol, by the way. That was just a common thing. Then the word of wisdom came out, right? Which is like no hot drinks. But it wasn't interpreted at the time as hot drinks being coffee. They continued to drink the damn so coffee. So what the hell was a hot drink? So from my understanding is that people would sometimes drink drinks so fucking hot that it would actually burn oh. their throats. So it's kind of like that disclaimer that McDonald's had to go through. There it is. A lawsuit. There Remember it is. They had to I had not heard hot. this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, this could be completely bullshit, but that's what someone <laughs> that's what someone thought it was initially which i guess makes sense if god's like hey dumb fuck i mean not that i thought this was from god oh, anyway god, but talk to joe it's a hey, safety box a safety warning it is maybe safety he was warning. a lawyer like do not let babies play with plastic bags it's a very uh -huh. very similar thing but then somehow somebody along the way some smith relative decided that that actually meant coffee and then boom people went along with it it became god's word doctrine and now that'll keep you out of heaven for eternity. They were probably pissed at the local like coffee purveyor in town or whoever was importing that stuff. They got into an argument. It was like, I'll show you. I'm going to have all my followers not drink your coffee. And then I'm going to say, God said. God said that. Well, I'm wondering, I had not heard that. So are you saying that after Word of Wisdom was revealed, in quotes, that he was still drinking coffee? Yes. And Brigham Young Iced also- coffee? 
Couldn't be hot. Uh, did they do ice pop? <laughs> I don't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. It really had a completely different meaning because you would think that the prophet of the Lord, if he was told no coffee, he'd be like, cool, I'm, I'm done. I'm the fucking prophet. Oh, you want me to take on more wives? I'll do that too. I had always heard some, this is probably just rumor, but something about how Emma Smith had complained that they were sitting around, like the guys would come over and have like, you know, guys night or something. And they would like smoke and drink coffee and she didn't yes. want to have to make it for them. She didn't want to have to clean up after them. I don't know how accurate that is, but that was kind of what yeah. I heard growing up. I only heard that it was the tobacco. They would spit tobacco on the floors mm. and she had to clean it up because, you know, a, a dutiful wife. And so she bitched about that. And so then Joseph Smith's like, oh, yeah, tobacco is only for— he, yeah. yeah, God said— I'm not going to do it to help my wife out. I'm going to do it because God said. He was probably like, oh, my gosh, if I go tell my friends that Emma wants me to, like, not have them chew tobacco, they're going to make fun of me and call me, like, a, a pussy and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I don't know, guys. I mean, I don't agree, but God said it, so. <laughs> this is sounding kind of made up. <laughs> You're starting to think it's fake? It's all fake? Okay. She's stealing my line, Shelly. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm She's the never I'm really just trying to echo your wisdom because it there you just go. sounds pretty fucking made up to me. Well, you know what's funny to me right now is that Melissa and I are having a serious conversation about what happened. Because, like, shit. we get this. We were there. Right. We were taught this. And then you two are like, what the fuck? Fuck? Yeah. Like, seriously? I'm so used to it all sounding like malarkey. <laughs> I just, when you guys talk about, like, maybe it was that it was too hot, or I just keep imagining, like, Kramer from Seinfeld, but, like, oh, Joseph God, yes. Smith as Kramer going, oh, yeah. oh, and, like, dropping the coffee, and it's too hot, and he's burning himself. And it's mm -hmm. like, it all just sounds like a bad, like, sitcom with old-timey accents or something. <laughs> Basically, base and polygamy. But there and it some is. these and those, maybe. <laughs> so let's get back to talking coffee, shall we? So I, as we know, I'm a fan of the Dark Roast and also am in love with the name Outer Dark Roast. Come on. Come That's on. That's pretty fucking let's brilliant. Just, you know, go to the copy department here for a second and talk about some of the names of some of your other coffee or your merch. Oh, yeah. 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 So our medium roast is Cup of Joe. I mean, obvious. Mm -hmm. Cup of Joe mm -hmm. is a normal yeah. saying. And then Joseph Smith. <laughs> See what you did there? That's too easy. <laughs> the decaf version is the same blend, same roast, but decaffeinated beans. So that is Cup of Jack. And it has a picture of a Jack Mormon uh, on the label. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because a Jack Mormon might drink decaf even though it's not about the caffeine. Try as we may, when we were doing that illustration, we were like, how do we make it look still like Joe, but Jack? Do we put devil horns, whatever? And then we were like, he basically just looks like a bear on Fire Island, but we're, we're down with that. Yeah, well, earring, <laughs> totally tank down. top, beard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And then we have the light roast is Choose the Light. Of course. Yes. Of course. With a little CTL it. shield. Um, I love it. And then iced coffee is iced hot drink. Uh, see, <laughs> which is also against the word of wisdom, even though it's cold. Right. It's a cold hot drink, so that makes it bad. Yeah, I, I didn't want, want anyone to be confused, so I no, thought that would be no, clear. Iced it's, hot drink. It's so not confusing. confusing. Yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out to all of the still Mormons out there that have given you and us and so many people so much fucking material. <laughs> I mean, honestly— <laughs> So many good names you could come up with. You could probably make like 75 different roasts and have some stupid Mormon-ass Don't overwhelm term. them. Okay, I'm this just saying. like a lot. 
Thank you, Mormonism, for all the material. Yeah, there's a lot of material. We <laughs> spent so a lot much. of time uh, brainstorming ideas and had mm-hmm. a lot of fun with it. We could have called the light roast choose the white. Um, <laughs> no, somebody said light, light and delight some, and I was like, that's, I, that was on the list. And I was like, mm, yeah. that's too far for me. I don't like that. <laughs> Do you hear from a lot of newcomers to coffee? Do people write to you or send you feedback? Like, I, you know, I wasn't sure how to get started with coffee. What blend do you recommend or any kind of story like that? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Oh, I want to try my first cup of coffee or what do you recommend? It's such a subjective thing. Yeah. My answer is always just try several kinds. You know, try a sweet drink at Starbucks. Try making it at home. If you don't like it, adjust to what you didn't like. If it's too strong, make it weaker, put more cream. There's no one size fits all for what people might like. And some people truly don't like coffee and that's okay too. No, it's not. Sorry, sorry, I said that out loud. I went to a conference, especially for truth. It's the woman, Jessie Funk, who was a singer for EFY. Mm -hmm. And she is doing these conferences, mostly for teens, but she did an all women's conference in Park City earlier this year. And it was amazing and awesome. And I hope she does more of them. They're so, I don't know, amazing, very intimate group of people and just really phenomenal. And so I met a lot of women and we were talking and I had, um, the coffee was there. And so we were, you know, people were asking me questions and one woman came up to me and she was like, you know, I want to try coffee for the first time. And I was like, yes, let's go. I'll take you to the Starbucks. (laughs) And she tried it and she did not like it. And she was like, she didn't want to tell me. She's like, I'm so sorry. I don't like it. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to like it. But I encourage you to try it again in a different way, different form. But if you don't like it, that's okay. Doesn't make you a bad ex-Mormon. Go back to the cider, you dumbass. Like what? <laughs> yeah. you know, that's Starbucks fine. is a little strong though yeah, for, for sure. your first one. Yeah. you know, it's bitter, right? I mean, coffee it has, is. It, yeah. has it, you, it, and your taste buds change and acclimate. And and some people don't. You know, it's like it's why I don't really drink alcohol. It's like. I have like a six-year-old's taste buds. I'm like, that's sour. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, I like coffee. I would say most um, ex-Mormons who start with coffee and they're like, well, what do I do? How do I get, what do I buy? What do I, they'll go to a coffee shop and it's so embarrassing to go up there and not know what to order. And here's my advice. I can guarantee you, if you go into any coffee shop, go to the front and be like, listen, I was raised in a cult. I was never allowed to drink coffee. <laughs> this is this Can, is Shelly at the Starbucks yeah. counter. Can you please help me? They would basically gather everyone around and be like, oh my God, oh my God, yes, yes. And they would probably give you a free coffee because they'd be they so would. excited. Yes. Yeah, ring to a be bell. like, wait, you're 46 and have never had coffee. This is your first time in my shop. They would probably set up like tasters. I mean, make For it sure. a celebration, not an embarrassment. For sure. I love that advice. That is great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think one misconception I get a lot is I have never had coffee before, so I want the light roast. I usually advise against that because the light roast, like you said, Mary, earlier, is more acidic. It mm-hmm. can be more bitter. I feel like ours is less bitter than other light roasts, but it still is a little more bitter. Always go for the medium when you're starting to try, unless you really like, if you love like dark chocolate and darker tones just in food in general and go for the dark roast. But I would always start with medium and not the light roast. There you go. Good advice. Melissa, when you, I mean, I'm always impressed because you left the church somewhat organically. Like you were basically going into high school and you were like, this is not for me. And I don't know that I would be 
would have been in your shoes, like so clear headed on who I was. You know, I think I would have just tried and tried and tried for a lot longer to make it work. But it seemed like one of your ways to branch out in a way that was actually kind of, it's pretty safe, right? It's not heroin, because we learned earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. don't do heroin. Yeah, um, Shelly uh, warned us yeah. all against that. Yeah. Although you, heroin won't get you any farther away from the celestial kingdom than coffee will. Oh. It's like in the same Sequel. boat, but sorry, okay. go ahead. Okay. But in this life, you're probably not going <laughs> to die. And so, I, like, you said you would hang out, you know, at Starbucks, you'd, and you'd start, you'd get a Frappuccino or something that was basically a, a, a milkshake almost, right, at first. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to start. Well, I was mm-hmm. 16, so I... That might kill you. <laughs> <laughs> when I was going to school, the seminary was at the church before school. So you would have to drive to church for like an hour plus before your school starts. Attend class. This is every day. Attend class like at, at church. Mm-hmm. And then go to school after the class. And so I had lived in Florida. And then in the middle of my sophomore and junior year, we moved to Arizona. So nobody in the Arizona ward really knew our family. And they were pretty standoffish in general as a ward. And so nobody like really confronted of like, where are you? Where's your daughter? Why isn't she showing up? They were just like, oh, they're probably, you know, whatever. And Mm -hmm. so I had a car. I was 16. I would just not go to seminary. I'd go through the Starbucks drive-thru, then sit in the parking lot with my Frappuccino, listen yes. to Howard Stern, and do my homework. <laughs> what a rebel! Yeah. I mean, double life. I was living a full double life. My, oh, I don't hell think, yeah. There's no way my parents knew that was happening. Drinking your Frappuccino in the seminary parking wow. lot. Love it. But the cult failed, right? You're basically saying, usually the cult would wrap around and go, where is she? Why isn't she here? Whatever. And but you kind of got through that crack where the new wing of the cult wasn't scooping you back in. True. So it was partially this, like, kind of shows you how the cult was working, and then well, you happen to kind of, there was an opening. Well, okay, I also sort of lied. <laughs> told no. my seminary teacher, like, oh, it's really hard for me to get out of bed, and or I'm sick, or whatever. And so she allowed me to do all this makeup work. So I still graduated seminary, so my parents oh, never shit. knew that I didn't go. There you go. So. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. I don't know how I did that. I mean, I, that's also how I got through <laughs> high school, but <laughs> I just always it, find a workaround. <laughs> it's the same way I managed to get my personal progress medallion in, like, one month by going through the entire book and using different colored pen and pencil to look like I actually did them on different days and like did four years Meanwhile, worth of shit. Meanwhile, Tanya and I are looking at each other like, what the hell's a personal <laughs> But I'm like, I see medallion. you, Melissa. I see you. I get it. <laughs> I got mine too, and I don't remember doing it. So I probably did something very similar. <laughs> yeah. That could have been a foom pod, ladies. Just oh, do you want to do it? Why don't you try to guess what it is? Oh, we could. Yeah. Uh, Should we cue the music? Fucked up more. Oh, yeah. Cue music. It's the fucked up. Mormon phrase of the day. Mary, the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is young women's personal progress medallion. So it's some stupid ass medallion (laughs) you're trying to get while you attend the stupid young women's group on the weekly. How how often do those meet, by the way? Is it about once once a week? week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, Tanya, you had a question? Well, my guess is it 
first glance, it sounds like it's something to do with your period. <laughs> There's no medals rewarded for it that shit. It is personal. It is personal. And you're progressing into, into adulthood, being able to birth a billion spirit babies eventually someday. Yeah, I think you're right on. <laughs> do you need <laughs> yes. a period it's to wrong. birth spirit babies? Oh, that's true. Uh, personal progress. Maybe it's some sort of journal type thing where you're charting some made up goals that some young women's leader is giving no, you. No, 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 no. Melissa wait, thinks I'm wait. right. You were until you said some young women's leader. No, the, a the man. man. Oh, a man. That she yeah, reports a man to. made it up. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so it's journal based? Similar. Okay, imagine Boy Scouts. Similar in that you have different achievements you have to get. You have to do so many out of 10 or whatever it is, but they tell you what you have to do. And a lot of them are focused around homemaking and mother skills and getting married when you're like all this stupid shit. So you have certain ones you got to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you need to do them like all of these in this year and all of these in this year. Hence the different colored pens and pencils when you're trying to make up for four years worth. Okay. And at the end, at the end, when you finally get it, you get to be called up on the stand after you did all this fucking work, even though, by the way, every, like, 12-year-old boy, 14-year-old boy, 16-year-old, as they go up the ranks of the priesthood, they get called up on the stand and, like, oh, check out our blah, blah, blah. The women, the young women didn't have anything check like that. Check out our for, penis. Look at our penises, our <laughs> penis priesthoods. So now, finally, if you bust ass or cheat for four years, you get called up and they give you the ugliest. What was the picture on it? it either it was gold or silver. It was gold. Gold, okay. Well, they're silver now because they kind of are like, getting with the times. I'm sure it's well, I'm fake. I'm sure it wasn't like plated in real gold no, or anything. Oh, some <laughs> bullshit. Just an ugly ass medallion. And that was the way that you would know how like super TBM a grown up woman was if she was still wearing her fucking medallion. Oh, they wear it into adulthood? Yes. <laughs> Nerd alert. Nerds. That was also <laughs> how you'd pick out the nerdy ones in um, as teenagers. I mean, that's a mean thing to say, but yeah, I never wore one. Did you wear yours, Melissa? It went in a box and then <laughs> that who knows what happened to it. Is it I like a Dracula medallion? Like, is it like a <laughs> ribbon with like a gold saint doodah or is it more it's of a not necklace? cool. They just call it medallion, I guess, because it sounds like a bigger deal. Sounds but like it's a big just, achievement. It's just I got a my medallion. Ad. I got my medallion. It just sounds like some like leveling up on Angry Birds or something. Like, that would be more you have fun. to do so many levels <laughs> and get the power ups. Mm -hmm. And I'm about that, but the stupid like learn is how that to game even relevant anymore, Tanya? Come on. Oh, I, uh, it's funny you asked. Redownloaded recently. Uh -oh. <laughs> I redownloaded it just to see like, hey, I used to play. Does this. it still hold up? <laughs> it's crack. It should send you to our darkness. I had to delete two weeks later. I lost hours <laughs> of my life to that suck hole. You don't have to leave any of this in, Dan. But it oh, was it's a staying. problem. It's staying. That's funny. It was a problem. Uh, let's take another quick break. And Pay then more bills. We'll wrap this up. Hey, LDLers. I want to take a second to give you a peek behind the curtain of the podcast industry. Uh, so no surprise, it's a bit of a boys club. Only about 28% of charting podcasts are hosted by women, even though female audiences listen to podcasts 20% more than men. Women also control 85% of household purchasing power in the U.S. So the question is, why are our voices undervalued in this space? 
One company that's working to solve this problem is Asa Collective. I'm super excited to be a member of this platform that connects women plus podcast creators with advertisers to amplify and support underrepresented voices. Having a monetization partner like Asa means that we can ultimately be in control of the advertisers you hear on this show while increasing LDL's earning potential with other partners. Plus, they provide an excellent platform for us to connect with other women-led podcast creators. So if you'd like to support Asa's efforts and learn more about the company, they're running a crowdfunding campaign on Start Engine to become one of the first podcast networks owned by its listeners and members. That's you and Latter-day Lesbian. So visit startengine.com slash Asa. That's startengine.com slash O-S-S-A to learn more. And thanks. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to wrap up this segment. Thanks for that impromptu se- uh, foom pod. I think I did oh, yeah. not get it. No, no. And even though we talked it. about it right before, you still f- well, didn't get it. <sighs> What's happening here? Either way, you're getting the buzzer. I don't, I don't, I don't feel the love. I still love you. Sounded baby. good to me. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. You were wrong as well. You know, Tanya's used to that. Can we back up a little and talk about how you two met? How does, you know, a nice Jewish girl from New York meet like a... Did you call her nice? I did. Nice Jewish girl from New York. Have you heard her potty mouth? <laughs> Fucking A. Meet some sort of starry-eyed, I'm, I'm addicted to Starbucks, uh, Exmo. How did this all go down? I mean, the short answer is a dating app. Those don't work. <laughs> oh, that's how yeah, they do. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Tanya claims she was, you know, she downloaded Hinge for work. <laughs> That's what she oh, said. Research. <laughs> <laughs> Just studying. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I, was I was on working. two other ones also, but that one <laughs> I did. We both were married to previous partners, had kids with previous partners, got divorced within, what was it, six months of each other? I got married when I was 21 because even though I wasn't Mormon. It's still what you do. That's what I thought that you do. And I was one of the last of my like friends among my Mormon group to get married, which is crazy. And so I got married really young. When I got divorced, I was like, what do I do now? I, I had dated, but not in a world of online dating. So it was very different. I was nervous and I had a friend that was like, just get on the apps, just message. You're going to be so fucking awkward. You haven't gone on a date forever. Just like let that awkwardness come out with a stranger before you go on real dates. And I was like, okay. There you go. So like I downloaded the app and I had so much fun with it. I loved it. I loved, <laughs> I don't miss going on dates, but I did love online dating as a uh, recreational activity. <laughs> That a girl. <laughs> and I dated for about a year, and then I met Tanya. You did a little more. You had like a year and a half. Yeah. Give yourself credit. Yeah, year and a half. Oh, she crammed a lot into that year and a half. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. Um, I met a lot. I, you know, I, it was a it was a good time. I had a lot of. I met a lot of interesting and nice people, but I really was like, I'm not ready for a relationship. Like, I just need to, you know. Have fun. And so for me, it was kind of a game of like yeah. just going out with people and meeting new people. And then when I met. Or like Angry Birds. <laughs> exactly. But I. Just exactly <laughs> like it. It was just like a game of Angry Birds, really. Were you were you on the dating uh, app for women only? Or was it everyone or just men? No. So I am bi. Mm-hmm. Prior to, my, to marrying my ex-husband, I had been in a relationship with a woman and dated both genders 
had a more serious relationship with a woman. Mm-hmm. So I lived that double life, like that Starbucks, you know, Howard Stern <laughs> double life. Just continued. I moved out of my parents' house young and lived on my own so that I could just do my own thing and not have to, like, report to anyone. So they, my parents didn't know that I you know, identified as bi. And so when I got married, I just kind of was like, well, guess we never have to talk about it. I'll just avoid the subject. So you knew uh, in your early 20s or maybe even earlier that you were bisexual. Yeah, I would say probably 17. So did her girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I had an easy time dating in general, but I had a harder time dating women than I did men. It seemed more difficult to get to dates why? I need I to know, know why. I don't know. It just was easier to get to dates and, I don't know, like more transparent about things. I felt like women were always kind of playing a game with me and, I don't know, like a lot of canceling and this and not saying what they mean. And I was like, huh, these dudes are just easier. I'll just date more dudes. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Dudes are trained to just say what they want and worry about what they want. And if that happens to match with what you are looking for, that's great. We're all trained to try to keep reading the other person and making sure the other person's happy and whatever. So it's not playing games so much, but like we're always doing a double layer. Self-preservation. Right. And and even if you're gay, you're still trained as a woman in this culture. So I figured out I was gay in college. And then basically my first real, I had kind of one, I I thought I was bi, I kind of had a boyfriend, then I had like kind of a girlfriend. And then my first serious girlfriend Basically, we were like best friends for a year and then we were together and then we got and then we were together for 27 years. Whoa. Whoa. I know. Right. And (laughs) and got married and had four kids. And we were like one of the first, you know, we were the first couple from New York who got married in Massachusetts and we had early gabies. And then that marriage kind of came apart as they do when you grow apart. And so I hadn't really dated much at all. Like I had kind of gone from, I'm not really dating. We're all just like in college together doing stuff. And it's like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, and everyone's terrified we're all going to die. So let's all just be like really careful. And then to like, I'm married, right? And all of a sudden, you know, I have kids and I'm like lesbian poster child and whatever. And then I always would joke about like online dating. I was like, you don't understand. Like the last time I dated anyone, there wasn't email. Like, just right. like, and all of a sudden it's like, a, you know, it is like Angry Birds. It's like an app on your phone and you're going swipe, mm-hmm. swipe, swipe, you know. And um, <laughs> yeah. and I was kind of scared, like, you know, when Melissa describes, like, how is this all going to work? You know, I was nervous more that I just was like, didn't really know how to date. You know, I just hadn't done it. And I was in my 40s, you know, so yeah. I didn't give a shit if I, like I had kids. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm never going to have kids. And I'd had a major life relationship so what was interesting is I kind of went, ah, fuck it. Like, <laughs> people are interesting. I'm going to go have dinner. And I just, I'm like a storyteller. So I'll be like, at least I'll come away with an interesting story. So I didn't have a lot of expectation. I think where people, it seems like, get into like the really misery of dating is, yeah, there's like weirdos out there, but it's actually more like you go in looking to find whatever, the one, the this or that. And I went in very open, just going like, Sex with someone new sounds amazing. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. I didn't tell you to listen. Um, Yeah, they're not listening. And um, that sounds fun. Otherwise, like, I'm just going to go, and at least I'll walk away with an interesting story, even if it's a total blowout. And Uh so I turned out to be, like, pretty good at dating. I was just like, this is fun. You're interesting. This is nice. Oh, okay. You're, you know, 
if you're kind of enthusiastic and open and interested in people and you don't have a big agenda on where it's supposed to go, that date can be whatever it's supposed to be. It's all about your viewpoint and disappointment. And so I kind of did that for like a year after um, I broke up, but I was also, you know, working on some really big projects for me. And there was a moment I I dated someone kind of for like three months. Like it was like the first, like, oh, more than just a couple of dates person. And we had decided to like go our separate ways. And I was like, you know, this is too much work. Lesbians are like, I'm very like high, like verbal, high emotional, not drama, but I've, you know, it's like, I want a lot of connectivity. They want a lot of connect. I was like, I got four kids. I got movies to make. I got all this stuff. I'm going to like take a break. I'm going to take a break from dating. So this is the part she was teasing me about. I'm, I'm going to take <laughs> a break. I'm just going to focus on my work and my kiddos. And a producer I was working with sent a script about Hinge, the dating app. I was on what are they? I always, it's not Grindr. I was not on Grindr. Tinder. Um, yeah, you were. <laughs> Tinder. I was on t- that one with the R. Tinder and Bumble. And I wasn't on like any of the just lesbian ones. I just had my settings set to women more. Yeah. I had it. I thought, oh, I, I was bi back in the day and I had them set to bi. And then it was like so crazy because it was like a fire hose of dudes got turned on, right? <laughs> At first I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And it was like, I'm digging through looking for women. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's all these guys. I think that's why you have more success dating guys. Most is like, they're just so there. many of them. <laughs> yeah. And they all want anyone with boobs. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, they were 22. They were 82. If I had boobs and I seemed like I might be female and that <laughs> they might be willing to, like, someone might fuck someone, they would click on you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so there's just statistically more like, so I turned that shit off. I was like, this is too much. Decided to stop dating, got the script. I was like, I should know what this app is that I'm reading the script about. Downloaded the app, put in my little parameters, and there's this beautiful, just gorgeous woman, like, <laughs> pops up. And what was interesting about that app is it was like, picture, little bit of like a blurb or a prompt that you wrote something, picture, prompt, prompt, picture. And you could respond to the either the prompt or the picture. So like you could get into kind of a conversation online with someone very quickly Mm. as opposed to just swipe away their profile or swipe into their profile. Mm -hmm. And so as you can tell, I'm kind of a turkey and I think I'm super funny, whatever. And so I was like, (laughs) just writing back. And I was like, Melissa wrote this really cute little prompt about like, I get along well with people who are funny and kind and warm and extrovert, open heart and extroverted. And I was like sitting there like looking through one night and I wrote back, I was like, I am all those things. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) And humble. Um, Yes. Most importantly. Yeah, you you were like, well, why should I hire you for this job? Well, let me tell you. That's me. How much time have you got? Uh Exactly. (laughs) But it just like every picture she had posted, everything she had written, it was one of those things. It was like, I didn't have a list, but if I'd had a list, you know, every box was ticked. I was just like, oh, my God. Are you real? I was like, I, I mean, I could have been being catfished. Maybe I still am three years later, but like, who knows? <laughs> Just roll with it, baby. Roll with well, it. Yeah, when are we going to meet in person, by the way? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played, Melissa. Oh, my car wouldn't start. Oh, my grandma just died. Yeah, I'm not yeah. getting home. Uh-huh. Tanya, who knew you were looking for an ex-Mormon that entire time? Right? Meant to be. I did not know. <laughs> yeah. And Melissa wrote back to me. I'm also all those things except for extroverted. I need balance. 
Oh. We did like a day date. She was very smart. We met at the Guggenheim. And on my way to the date, one of my kids, God damn you, I love you kids, but God damn you, uh, asked for like, <laughs> just like a thing of cheese or something that had like a foil, you know, like one of those like pre-shredded Parmesan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cut my lip. I oh, tore no. my <laughs> And I'm going to be like traveling for work after that. I'm like messaging her. I'm like, so I'm still on for today, but I am bleeding from the mouth. <laughs> Do you want to cancel? And she's like, if you had canceled, because you got like a cut on your lip, I would have never messaged you back. Well, when I started reading that text, you know, I'm like literally walking to the date. I'm like a block away mm. and I get the text and I'm reading it. And it says something like, I busted my lip open. In my head, I was like, fucking women. She's going to cancel on me because of a busted <laughs> lip here. My story yeah. that I've if, created is coming that's true. that's true. That's Come a good on. one. That's and then it was one. like, I, but I'm, I'm still up for it. Are you still up for it? And I was like, yes, of course. So, But yes, I would. If she had canceled for the busted lip, it would have been off. She's, you, and Melissa's like, I guess making out is off the table. I tried. And she well, was like, it hurt. It Just the top lip. Just the top lip. <laughs> we ended up on one of those lesbian eternity dates. Like, did the museum? No, it was not an eternity date. Because I knew that it could turn into that. And so that's why I was like, we do a day date and I have an out. So I told her that I had a friend's birthday party, which was a complete lie. Because you can't, because I knew, I was like, if I like her, I'm going to invite her. I was hanging out with friends later that night at like a bar just for drinks. And I'm like, if I like her, I'm going to invite her to my friend's group. Like, that's crossing a line. Like, I will do it. It's a lesbian thing to do. So I was like, I have a friend's birthday party. Like, I had the story ready to go because otherwise the date will never end. And so I did tell her that. And then, like, three dates in, I was like, I lied to you. I have to tell you. <laughs> but we did end up going to Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, we the oh. date ended at Bed Bath & Beyond. That's how lesbian it was. <laughs> After eating cheese at a fancy restaurant. So it was a very lesbian date. We made out at a straight bar on we one did. of our first dates. Like, our third date. My first, like, true kiss with a woman. Was it a bar? Was it the corner? It was kind of sexy, though. Oh, God. We were. It was very, like, the lighting was super low, and the music was up a little bit, so it wasn't, like, pumping. I but don't we, think the light was as low as you remember. In my I, brain, it was really, like, romantic in there. Oh, it was, but I felt like an exhibitionist, and you I did? loved it. Yeah. Well, we just kept leaning. <laughs> I feel like... Because the music was loud, we just kept leaning in closer and closer to, be, you know, to be able to hear each other. I was other. pretending that I couldn't hear and her. And then suddenly our lips just, you know, it was like a magnet. <laughs> and then amazing. we were second face. Just I'm like a little that. turned on right now. I'm you not going to lie. That was, uh, that was quite the hot making out. Yeah, it was nice. We really uh, made Michael the bartender uncomfortable. How does that happen? How does a male bartender get uncomfortable when... when I don't know. He was probably Mormon. Oh, wait. He was a bartender. No. (laughs) He wasn't Mormon. Plus, he had a beard. That's true. I don't think that's a thing. You can't be a bartender and and be Mormon. That's funny that you say about the lesbian or about your date. You knew it would have lasted forever. This was my first actual lesbian date when I started dating Mary. And I can so see that. Like, oh, we're having a good time. Well, hey, come meet my friends. Well, hey, you want to stay over? We'll go get this place for breakfast. It's like this instant, like, oh, let's just never be away from each other. Let's just be besties. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it just sort of happens. That's so great. Yeah. That is. That just made me happy. And that was three years ago for you two? Yeah, three years ago next week. Aw. Well, congratulations. Uh, Tanya, you mentioned that you were doing some stuff for work. You kind of dropped in a little hint about movies or something. What do you do? I'm a film director. 
And I've made mostly porn. Just kidding. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Well, I did make a movie about the invention of the vibrator. So, oh shit! Uh-huh. Right on. So mm-hmm. that's one to see. It happened in Victorian England, so it's not as racy as you might think. It's, Just drop the title of it. What is it's it called? called? Hysteria. And what was funny is when we were talking about coffee and the church's relationship to coffee and like all the ways in which we were talking about like how you introduce coffee into your life and how you know what if you're nervous and if you have shame and I was like gosh this sounds like when I did the press tour for hysteria and I was trying to like help people figure out what vibrator to buy I'm like (laughs) it's literally the same thing I'm like don't worry don't start too big don't start too small (laughs) just go in the medium Right, That's just funny. like Melissa was saying. And, and, but it's funny, right? We all have these kind of areas of shame and mm-hmm. anxiety and fear about yeah. things that really, like, we wear our bodies all day, every day. We taste things, we feel sexual, we feel all these things. And yet there's all these codes and rules that we've developed, whether it's through religion or culture around them. And it's truthfully just so silly, you know, yeah. and I think for me, as a in terms of movies and the kind of movies I like to make, I, I, I'm always interested in that moment where someone can kind of get like how you can get outside of your culture and look back from a different angle. And so I'm always looking at movies that have that kind of odd juxtaposition of, you know, something that's unexpected. So like Hysteria, the idea that the vibrator was invented in Victorian England, which it was, was just so hilarious to me, the fact of it. Yeah. And that dislocation from, like, the strict codes of Victorian Mm -hmm. society and the fact that the doctors were using essentially vibrators to, like, relieve women of their hysteria, which I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they probably felt pretty fucking relieved. And so that that idea in, like, talking to Melissa and learning about the Mormon experience or the Exmo experience, that, again, there's these, like, totally illogical things when you step outside of them Mm -hmm. that kind of create these hilarious and odd what, you know, cognitive dissonances, as you guys say, and and yeah. they can be very traumatic. But, you know, just like being a woman in this culture with a body can be traumatic, you know, in terms of sexuality. But we get through it with comedy. We get through it with laughing and poking fun at ourselves and our own seriousness. I think it's the only way we really survive. So, yeah, for me, it was just like my personal, like what I do for work and my own worldview, really just like in getting to know Melissa and falling in love with her and then opening this business, it was such a natural evolution for me because it was a another way to explore kind of the way we tell ourselves these stories that we mm-hmm. think are going to make us feel safe, but actually end up trapping us. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Deep. Yes. I, I like deep. it. I liked that uh, moment of depth right there. That's all you're getting. I'm not that deep, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if there's a fart joke to be had, I'm happy with that, too. You got yes. raised. She's got a link. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, and that's, I fangirled a little bit over Tanya because I loved that movie. I thought it was really great. I had no idea who directed it because, you know, when you're casually watching a movie as an observer, how many times are you paying attention to the director? I mean, sometimes you are. You certainly don't know who the gaffer is. You know what I mean? At some point, you're like, I don't know everybody on the crew. I just don't. Who did hair and makeup? Couldn't tell you. Although the props department, I think, would be really fun. Don't you think? (laughs) Definitely on that one. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, But anyway, when I found out you directed that movie, I was like, oh, my God, I love that movie. So, you know, since then, I've been fangirling a little bit Mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. Tanya. I have a question. Sure. So in the same way that someone could just walk into a coffee shop for the first time 
Could you also, as someone who has never masturbated, walk into a sex store, go to the front counter and be like, look, I was raised in a cult. I have never <laughs> masturbated. I'm, I'm here for it. What you got? For sure. I mean, yes, there are very much women-friendly, feminist-friendly, like, sex toy shops. And then there's, like, creepy, seedy, like, yes. yeah. skeevy places. And Babes in Toyland in New York is fantastic. I think it's Toys in Babeland. That's right. The other <laughs> one's right. a kid's movie, mm-hmm. isn't That's right. it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't swap those. That's <laughs> Sorry. Weird. Toys uh-huh. in Babeland, but they're uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> the nice thing is the sex toy industry has really evolved in the sense of now they're using materials that are safe for your body. All the kind of way they're made actually can last. And it's not just going to be a $35 piece of junk 20 minutes later. Um, I have a question. You know, I think Melissa probably has stuff to say about it, but I have a question about, so I knew this, but I kind of need to ask it in like, A, so you're not allowed to masturbate? No, hell no. B, are you allowed to have sex toys with your partner? Like a vibrator with, like, to keep your marriage life. I feel like that was something that people would choose on their own. Yeah, All, however, talked about. it was made clear in the 80s to married couples that oral sex was a no-no. They actually said wow. that, told people. But to go back to the sex toy thing, um, I would have never been comfortable with a sex toy in my marriage. To me, that felt sinful. And at the time in Utah, they were doing, it was like Pampered Chef, but sex toys. And a lot of the Mormon women were doing it. You know, they're married or whatever. And as a matter of fact, Brent's sister, she'll never listen to this, her bishop heard that she was going to do this. As you do. As you do. And he actually went to her house and, like, told her she was not allowed to have this party. With and torches that it was and bad. pitchforks, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's your loose answer. Is that how you're going to expand your business? You know, buy a <laughs> pound of coffee, get a free dildo? Apostate sex toys. <laughs> well, I was toys. thinking we might go I mean, alcohol first, but... Oh, nice! Well, these all go together. I know less about that than I do sex toys, so... <laughs> <laughs> go with what you know. <laughs> yeah. I can help you with all the alcohol part of your business, because I am an expert. You can't rely on Tanya. She didn't even drink this stuff. No. But, but she but, could still write the jokes. I have faith in her. I still want apostate <laughs> vodka. I just think the bottle's going to look stunning. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm really so stunned by the like no sex toys in your marriage and no oral sex between married people. Yeah. They eventually were like, oh, never mind. We didn't mean that. Um, because I guess because the guys no, the guys got mad. The guys wanted blowjobs. Yeah. Yeah, mm. of course. Anyway, the church now typically doesn't insert them. I said insert, insert themselves <laughs> into the bedroom. But if you go ask a question to your bishop, which so many people do because they feel like they can't make even their own sexual choices, you're bishop roulette at that point. You might go and say something, you know, the husband might be like, well, you know, we don't have sex enough. And a good bishop would say, I recommend that you all go to a sex therapist because he's actually not trained. But your typical bishop would say, well, procreation, blah, blah, blah. If you're Mormon and listening, don't go to your bishop for a damn thing. That's my point. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are awesome. You, It's been really good for us, I think, because we have that mirrored kind of similar uh, relationship, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I love, I love the dynamic of you kind of explaining and telling this experience uh, to Mary, because for me, it's the same thing. I, I'm like mm-hmm. super curious and also just super confused. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get yep. the details mixed up all the time, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And then you just point and laugh and you drink coffee because it's funny and it makes fun of all of it. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious. It's true. See how I brought it back to coffee? You keep doing that. I know. I'm, I'm steering <laughs> the I'm not shit. Mad at that. Uh, speaking of coffee, if all of our listeners head to apostatecoffee.com, pick out whatever you want upon checkout, enter LDL, you receive 10% off. You receive a full time. So a if you're next month, you're, you're, it's actually like 20% off because you're not paying tithing anymore and you're getting another 10% off. So it's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's practically like you're getting money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to the website, yes. get some money from them, sort of, and coffee. That's right. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. everybody uh, go do awesome. that. Because it's are delicious awesome. and it's a great cause. And you two ladies are so amazing and funny. And I want to hang out with you. Do you have a yeah. car? Oh, yeah. Well, drive your asses down to Virginia. We've got a river house, and we're going to hang out. Yeah, we will. My God, you guys are a who. We love it. Oh, oh we, love we love you, you too. too. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We yeah, really appreciate, we appreciate it. it. Thank, Thank you. you. We, were, we were fangirling out. Like, you were, you for know, sure. you were our little, like, journey to, like, Kind of the Exmo, never mo, you know, world actually. So we really appreciate it. With apostate coffee wouldn't exist without you guys. So true. Well, you're welcome. Damn it! <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. Well, you all are lovely. Yeah. Congratulations on the coffee biz because you know it hasn't been open that long, really. August. We opened it in August. I know. Yeah. That's not yeah. very long at all. So everybody support Tanya and Melissa from Apostate Coffee. It's it's delicious. And it's funny, and they're so fun. Thank you, thank you for being on the show. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. appreciate it. I feel like saying in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Right now, but I'm <laughs> not going to do time. it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> We're going to skip over patrons this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Dan from Extension Audio, and uh, I guess you're leaving all of this in. Uh-huh. See, leaving it in. Leave it in, Dan. No, oh, yep. that's an old one, oldie but a goodie. Okay, remember everybody, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye.